podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by FitRec Fitness Professionals for Fitness Registration. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast and the Women's Leaders Fitness Business Podcast. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registration for fitness professionals. Today, I'm lucky enough to be speaking with Lane Harrison. Lane is the product manager at Green Desk Software. So who is Green Desk Software and who is Lane? Well, over the last 12 years, Lane has been involved in two successful startups, including the software company Green Desk, which provides retention-focused software to large gyms and swim schools. Now, Lane's unique experience of founding successful startups in the fitness industry, combined with his expertise in digital marketing technology and customer retention, has led to the creation of a seven-step framework for gyms to improve member retention. Good afternoon, Lane. Hey, Mel. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. You're absolutely welcome. And how are you going at the moment in general? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm uh, obviously working from home, which is a bit of a change to throw uh, extra things into the mix. I've got my eight-year-old son and we're trying to manage the the pleasures of homeschool. So that's interesting, but um, I think we're all, you know, managing our our different challenges at the moment, but um, yeah, enjoying the process. We certainly are. And I must say that, you know, the remote schooling is an absolutely, it's a big job for parents. So congratulations for taking on that role. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. So let's get stuck into our our podcast. Now, our topic, of course, is the seven pillars of rock solid member retention. And Mm -hmm. club owners are going to have to be on top of member retention when we go into full capacity as gym operators. But let's go back to the beginning, Lane. How did you actually get into the fitness industry? So my journey, Mel, started about 13 years ago. And after I finished my uni degree, I was actually doing athletics and I decided that was going to be my goal. I wanted to be a a full-time athlete and represent Australia, hopefully. But that plan kind of changed when I injured my Achilles tendon and I had some surgery and that kind of ended my ambitions there. So I was kind of left in a position where I needed to work out my direction from there. So I decided, well, I, I really enjoy sport. I enjoy things like strength and conditioning. So I decided to do a, a PT and gym instructor course. Um, and that kind of led me into my first business, which was managing gyms for private schools. So we built up a stable of about eight private schools in Melbourne where we would manage their gyms, create programs for staff and, and students and, and uh, the parents of the, the school. And that really was my my founding in the the fitness industry. From there, I was a bit lucky and we actually started in the um, software space. So we saw a little opportunity there and and built up a bit of a platform that focused on member engagement and retention. So that was back in about 2009 and seems like yesterday that we booked into our first Filex trade show. We whacked 10000 on the credit card and, you know, went ahead with a booth and drove up to Sydney and 
So that, that, that seems like yesterday, but fast forward to today, our software is used by hundreds of, of kind of larger gyms throughout Australia. And we've also expanded into the, the swim school market um, as well. So we help both gyms and swim schools with their retention through our software. We've done a credible job so far, but what I really want to know is why, what made you interested in member retention? Because there's sort of you know, different sectors of the fitness business industry that you can work in as a professional. So what grabbed you? What caught your eye with member retention? Yeah, I think the fact that we really wanted to serve our clients through our software, um, we saw retention as an area our software could, could help. So that led me to read a lot of the publications and research studies on retention, a lot of publications by bodies like URSA and things like that. There's a lot of research studies out there that really helped me understand what drives retention and, and that helped us build better software for our clients. I think the second point is retention is also very important for our business. So uh, any subscription or membership business is, you know, retention is a very important element. So I've also looked at other in industries to look at other ideas and strategies, particularly in the software industry, around what's working in those industries in terms of retention practices. So over the last few years, I've really condensed that knowledge and built up a what I'd call a, a knowledge base that relates to retention. And that really led to that refinement to these seven um, core pillars of retention that um, I'm going to talk to you about. So let's, let's start that discussion. What mm -hmm. is the seven pillars retention strategy? Yeah, so what I might do, I might just walk you through um, each of the, the seven pillars. Absolutely. But before that, I, I must say that this pillar concept came, I, I kind of pinched it from a, a marketing consultant called Jay Abraham, and he talked about um, the pillars in the Parthenon um, in Rome, which has stood the test of time for, for hundreds of years. And he basically says that, in things like marketing, if you're relying on one avenue for your leads or your traffic, you're kind of in a precarious position. He says you need to have multiple pillars in your business to strengthen your structure. And I think the same applies to retention. We see that a lot of gyms with these seven areas, they might be strong in one or two of these areas. However, they might have a weakness in, again, one or two of these areas. So to maximise retention results, it's important to, to maximise all of the seven areas. So I'll dive into each of them. Feel free to jump in with any questions Absolutely. as we go through. So the first area is strategy. So we need to get our strategy right. If we've got a goal and we're headed in the wrong direction, we're not going to get to our destination. So a good retention strategy is based on three things. Visitation. So visitation correlates very much with retention. So we want to maximise our members coming to the gym as often as possible, particularly in the early stages. The next is communication and interaction. So every single study in retention talks about the importance of connecting with members, communicating, um, member-to-staff connection, things like that. 
And the third area of a really good strategy is progression. So essentially members are paying for a result, whether it's they want to lose weight, whether it's they want to look good. So we need to understand that if a member is feeling like they're making progress, they're typically going to continue to be motivated and continue to, to keep coming to the gym. So getting our strategies right, one thing I think that gyms can ha have a bit of a mistake when it comes to their retention strategy is that their retention activities start when members stop coming. We're of the opinion that you need to be a bit more proactive and a bit more offensive when it comes to your retention strategy. So your retention strategy should really start the minute a member joins your gym. And that should be focused on getting them coming, interacting with them and making sure they, they progress. So that's the first pillar. The next pillar is onboarding. So onboarding is about getting members started and getting them coming as frequently as possible in the first 30 days. So what we do with our clients is we help set up a onboarding sequence, which is a sequence of communications and touch points with new members that are designed to help activate them and educate them. It might include things like videos and things that help guide, support and educate them. So typically we're looking for somewhere between, you know, seven to 11 touch points in a really well-designed onboarding process. The third pillar is what we call a member support system. So as you probably know that 20 to 40%, it depends on your membership base, but a percentage of your membership will need a higher level of support. Maybe they've never been to a gym before. Maybe they don't have a lot of history in terms of exercise and, and weights training and classes. So we want to have a, a support system to give them some more intensive um, focus and, and more intensive support. So that should include things like multiple appointments over the first 30 to 60 days and also um, more intensive interaction and a plan that they can follow that's going to help them bridge the gap to their goals. So that's the third element, the, the support system. One tip that I'll give for this support system that were picked up from a book by a, a gentleman called James Clear, which is um, Atomic Habits. He talks about behavior change and essentially that's what we're trying to do with these new members that haven't been in the gym a lot. One tip is to keep the workouts for new members quite short. One mistake gyms do make is they'll make their workouts for new members and their plan for new members too long and too you know, complex. So we want to keep it very simple and very short, particularly over the first couple of weeks, and then we can start to increase their capacity from there. The fourth pillar is in some cases the most important which is communication and interaction and as i said earlier most of the retention studies out there talk about the importance of connecting with members 
staff to, to member connection, etc. So what we want to do here is really chart out our communication plan in terms of onboarding, in terms of our member support system, in terms of general touch points and communications we want to have with our membership base. We also want to have some specific campaigns, for example, low attendance campaigns for people that, you know, have uh, a dropping attendance rate at the gym. So communication is a really important part of, of that um, pillar structure. Any questions on any of those so far? Yeah, I was going to wait um, until the end, Lane, but I do have a, a couple of questions. Yep. So going back to when you're talking about creating shorter visits for them, mm-hmm. how long should those shorter visits be? Because generally, you know, um, when a member joins the club, they're asked at the front desk, you know, do you want to have a gym program written up for you or do you want to upgrade to personal training? When mm-hmm. they're stock standard and they just want to have a gym program written up, you and mm-hmm. I both know that the majority of gym programs can take, you know, 45, 50, 55 minutes for some people. Would you suggest, would you suggest that they come in and their gym program is only 30 minutes? Yeah, I would even suggest as short as 20 minutes because particularly when we're trying to develop a habit, we have that mental hurdle. Half the battle is just getting the member to turn up to the gym. See, if I got home from work and thought I'm meant to go to the gym but I've got a 60-minute workout ahead of me, that's a, a big mental hurdle to get over. Whereas if I've just joined a gym and... I know my program's only going to take 30 minutes. It's a bit of an easier mental hurdle to just get me to get in the car, get to the gym. And then once you're at the gym, you're probably going to stay there longer anyway. But particularly in those early stages, not necessarily, you know, forever, but in the first two, three, four weeks, I think there's a lot of merit to keeping those workouts very short. And I think... One of the messages that I always pass on to new members is when they tell me that they're going to come to the gym after work, I always say to them, please don't go home. Please come from work because majority of the time a <laughs> member will go home and that's where it ends. They get home, the house is warm, they sit down and, and they don't get themselves to the club. So I definitely agree with the 30-minute Workout. I think that that is going to be the new 60. 30 is going to be the, the, the new 60. Let me just ask you another question before you go on. You sure. spoke, you spoke uh, about strategy and mm-hmm. you put it in the order of visitation, communication and progression. Mm-hmm. Visitation and communication, which one mm-hmm. comes first? Um, well, I think the onboarding element in communicating helps drive that. Um, so the better job we do at onboarding, that can help set the visitation footprint of a member. So I would say the communication, particularly in terms of onboarding, is critical in terms of um, setting that visitation pattern. So if members are confused and not sure what to do, which a lot often are, their motivation can wane and that can increase or decrease that, that visitation pattern. So we really need to get proactive on that with our onboarding strategy. So that's why that onboarding element is so important. 
The other thing I'll touch on there is, I don't know if you're aware, there's a particular study that showed the correlation between visitation and the retention rate of members. And it said that after the first 30 days, only 6% of members are able to change their visitation pattern, which means if we don't get the first 30 days right, we only have a very small chance of changing the behaviour of a member and, and how frequently they're coming. So that first 30 days is absolutely critical. So having really strong onboarding processes is, is essential to get that activation and set that visitation pattern. Sounds great. Let's go through um, five, six, and seven of the pillars. Yep. So the next pillar we have is what we call surveillance, which is not to do with, you know, video cameras. Um, it's more measuring things very carefully. So you may have heard what gets measured tends to improve. So tracking and monitoring certain metrics each month is, is really important. And we've found through our work with our clients and the wider industry that a large percentage of gyms aren't measuring the right things when it comes to member retention. So it's really important that they have a clear understanding of what they need to measure to improve their retention results. The next pillar after that is one that's close to, to my heart, which is technology. So technology can be a big amplifier when it comes to your retention efforts, but it's certainly not a magic bullet. Um, you need to really have the right strategy in place and the right messaging. If you're have the wrong strategy and the wrong messaging to your members, technology, you know, it's going to have a, a minimal impact. So when we work with clients, we get them to ask some questions about their technology, particularly when they're evaluating whether technology is going to help them with their retention. So club owners should ask questions like, does this improve our connection with members? Does this technology help increase our member visitation and our engagement of members? Or does this software or technology help us improve the progression of members? Does it help them achieve their goals um, faster or, or more effectively? The other thing that clubs should ask is, does it have a, a time-saving or a cost-saving benefit? So there's some of the, the things that um, clubs should really consider before they implement technology to improve their um, retention efforts. That leads us into the last pillar, which is team. So at the end of the day, your staff are the ones that are building relationships with members and, and helping them progress. So ultimately, what we want to do is have a great, culture which I think comes from having a genuine care for the member and the results they uh, achieve. Um, one thing that I heard from a guy called Dean Jackson that I really like is consider 
what effort you would go to if you only got paid for the results you generate for a client? And I think that's a, a really good question to ask because um, if we genuinely care and are passionate about the results we deliver for our, our members, that really goes a long way in terms of how we support, guide and, and interact with them. And obviously, I think one other thing I'll touch on with team is things like regular training and development can really help the performance and the way your team interact and, and support members. So they're the, the seven pillars, Mel. Um, did you have any other questions Fantastic. about that? So we've just gone through, we've just gone through with Lane uh, the seven pillars and they are strategy, onboarding, member support, communication, surveillance, technology, and team. Now, I've got a, a question for you, Lane, when it comes to communication. And I know that each club works differently, but mm -hmm. you would definitely have some stats on what is the best method of communication with gym members. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I think my... Um opinions pretty clear the best form of communication is human to human or face-to-face -face communication nothing beats that and nothing i don't think could ever replace that the one challenge with that though is that human to human communication is not super scalable so if you have a, a gym with a thousand two thousand three thousand members it's hard to have face-to-face -face interactions all the time with all of those members. It's, it's just not particularly scalable. So that's why I'm a fan of using a mix of media. So we advise to our clients to actually use things like email, phone, face-to-face, -face, video, SMS, chat. I think mixing up your media and, and the different avenues you communicate with members is the best approach. Um, in saying that, I think you want to do as much human-to-human -human communication as, as possible. But as I said, sometimes it's, it's hard to scale that. So that's why we want to have a balance of those other communication methods as well. So how, how do you, you measure that though? So you're talking, you know, human-to-human, -human, you're talking emails, um, mm -hmm. you know, video on your social media platforms and perhaps mm -hmm. text messages. What's the best way to measure that without it taking up enormous amounts of time? So are you t saying measure um, the things like the engagement rates Absolutely. or open rates? Yeah, that... yeah. Well, I think for each media type, you're going to have different measurements. So, for example, email, we see... Things like open rates is, is very important. So um, one thing we see in the industry is that if you have emails that are kind of broad-based, they have a very low open rate, whereas a lot of our clients, one strategy we teach them is the concept of one-to-one -one email. So this means rather than writing our emails as, one to many, so one person to thousands of members, we can write it as though we're writing to one person or one friend. And we have a, an, acronym, an acronym called SPEAR emails. 
which means short, personal, and expecting a response. So it might be something very short and phrases a, a question. One thing in email that we're, we're looking at is how many responses do we get back and does that create a dialogue and a conversation? Ultimately, we want our communications to um, move towards a, a relationship. So I think measuring the engagement back is an important thing to measure. So hopefully that answers your question, Mel. It, um, certainly, it, it certainly does, Lane. Now we're coming in to the end of the podcast, but I've got a really interesting question that I do want to ask you and it relates to technology. Now, I love technology, so I'm an early adopter. I'm first cab off the rank for everything, whether it's proven or not. I want to be at the, at the head of the queue. Mm-hmm. But I want to know is do you think that retention or te- sorry technology in the clubs can hamper member retention because there's different types of technology and you and I both know that there's a technology that enhances the workout there's a technology that enhances the member coming through the door and then there's a technology that we have no control over that they're utilizing at home so when you've got like mm-hmm. three different categories of technology do you think that they can actually you know, play a negative role in keeping our members in the club? Um, I think technology can sometimes get in the way, particularly if it's used incorrectly. I think some centres have the misconception that technology can automate everything. So with our technology, we use a lot of what we call smart automation which is automating a lot of the communications and things like that. But I think a mistake some people make is they think, well, this technology can replace the human-to-human interaction, so we don't need to do that anymore, which I think can really lead to you know, a poorer member experience and, and less connection and engagement and relationships with the members. So... I think that's the area I see where technology can really hamper your retention efforts rather than, you know, improve them. All right, so talking about technology, can you please tell us your favourite two pieces of tech that can enhance club owner and club participant experience? Yeah, I think... I'll be biased and say our, our FitDesk platform. So what that does is really help with things like the communication side. So setting up an onboarding process and setting up smart automation and, and things like that to really improve the, the member engagement and communication process. Um, it also has features around um, the surveillance element. So being able to track who's engaged, who's visiting, things like that. They're all very important. Another piece of technology I, I really think um, is is great um, is some of the body scanners. Um, we integrate with uh, the Evolt scanners and I think the detail they give, and as I said earlier, progression is really important. So sometimes progress is not always obvious or visible, Um to the naked eye so sometimes members can get a bit disheartened and think oh i've been coming for six weeks now and i haven't seen a lot of change but those body scans can often uncover 
a lot of improvements that are not really obvious. Maybe they've their weight hasn't changed a lot, but their body fat percentage in certain areas has, has gone down. So I think that's a fantastic um, tool to really help members understand that they are making good progress, um, particularly in those those early stages where their motivation is so important. Um, I agree with you there, Elaine. We have uh, an Avolt scanner in our club and it, pl it plays a, a vital role in the retention of our members. We certainly couldn't do without it. So I'm going to ask you right now, let's be realistic. Here in Australia, um, some states have their club doors open with 20 people allowed to attend um, group fitness here in Victoria um, as of today or a couple of days ago. You can yep. do boot camps outside. And then, of course, each state has its own uh, rules and regulations in regards to the COVID-19 virus. If you could give one piece of advice, one piece of advice that was going to help the entire fitness industry, gym owners, people who own gym owners, what would that piece of advice be right now that's going to help each person irrespective of whether the door is open or the door is closed? Yeah, sure. I think the best advice is just to continue to communicate with your members, whether that's through email. Um, I would definitely use a lot of video. Um, so we want to keep that connection. We want our members to see our faces, see the the trainers and their faces so we continue to keep that connection with our members so my one piece of advice would definitely be keep in touch keep communicating and use video to enhance that communication fantastic lane you spoke earlier about a book from james clear could you just tell us the title of that book it's called atomic habits it's actually one of the, the best books I've read in terms of habit formation and behavior change. So I highly recommend that you check it out because I think it's really relevant um, to retention and, you know, one of the biggest parts of retention is helping members, you know, change their behavior and build that habit of coming to the gym regularly. Fantastic. Now, I'm just going to get Lane to give you all his details and perhaps you may wish to throw him an email just to find out a little bit more about the study that he spoke on, on visitation and retention rates with members. Lane, where can our listeners get in touch with you? Yeah, so they can um, email me. My email is lane, L-A-N-E, at Greendesk, which has an E, so G-R-E-E-N-E. Desk.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search Lane Harrison, and I've also got our team to put together a little cheat sheet on these seven pillars and some of the the sub strategies under them. So if anyone's interested in that, you can uh, email me, and we'll send you out a copy. Sounds fantastic, and I'll be dropping Lane's details in the bottom of our podcast. Lane, I'd love to say thank you very much for all of your um, resources today. They're going to be a great help to the industry and I value your time on the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Thanks, Mel. You're very welcome. And just a reminder that today's podcast was sponsored by FitRec Fitness Registrations for Fitness Professionals. Have a wonderful day. Mm -hmm.